Believers, this is Dr. Shantae, and this is Branding for Believers, the podcast that inspires entrepreneurs and influencers to believe bigger in their dreams. And today I have an incredibly special guest, Sharon Lecter. Sharon has combined her expertise as a CPA and international best-selling author with a passion for financial literacy and entrepreneurship. And she inspires change for individuals and businesses all over the world. And she's been doing this for 30 years. I'm excited to have her on the show because she has recently partnered with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And for those of you that have been listening to the podcast or have been following Branding for Believers, you know that Napoleon Hill, his book, Think and Grow Rich, is one of my absolute favorites. And Sharon has written a new iteration of Think and Grow Rich called Think and Grow Rich for Women. So Sharon, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Shantae. I'm delighted to be with you today. So I have to ask this question. What made you decide to tackle this book? Because it's such a classic text. It's one of the ones that that so many entrepreneurs and influencers recommend. It's inspired millions of people. And what made you decide to to kind of turn it in this direction to write it for a female audience? Well, there's a couple of reasons, Shante, and I appreciate that question because that's actually the uh, the first two words of the book is why a book for women. So um, it's most of my career, I resisted writing something for women because I feel like the steps of success are the same for men and women. But in the last few years, there's been a real change in the way business is done and in the change of women's roles in business. And so if you think about the original Think and Grow Rich, it was written in 19, released in 1937 after 25 plus years of research. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there were no business businesses that were run by women. Mm-hmm. And so all of Hill's work and research was done through the thoughts and processes of men. However, it's still as valid today as it was back then. And so I thought, well, let's look at those same principles and look at those principles through the eyes of successful women. And so what I did was honor the original work. Every The Thinking Grow Rich for Women is follows the same chapter outline as the original Think and Grow Rich. I start each chapter with a synopsis of his original thought, and then I look at that particular step to success through the eyes of successful women. Then I share how I've used that particular thought in my own path to success. Then I collected a group of quotes from women of history, women CEOs, women philanthropy, women of, uh, you know, religious women, and had what I call the sisterhood mastermind. So it's a series of quotes. And then I each end each chapter with the most important woman, and that's the one holding the book. Mm-hmm. And says, I say, ask yourself, how have you already used this step in your own pathway? And what can you do today, tomorrow, or next week to strengthen your success and make it move more quickly. And so it was such an honor. I have over 300 women highlighted in the book. But the whole concept was to take and look at this, these same steps of success through the eyes of women. Because even though the steps are the same, men and women approach them very differently. Mm-hmm. And then and the next reason is that the world of business has changed dramatically in the last five years, last 10 years. We've moved from the industrial age, which is very competitive, dog-eat-dog, win-lose, into a new dawning age of business, which I believe today is is more collaborative and cooperative, 
where you you know people come together, even competitors come together and work out opportunities and develop new strategies working together where it's a win-win. And that collaborative, cooperative environment is one in which women excel. So that's the other primary reason I wrote the book. And then the third, which is like the top of the list, is I've gotten really concerned and frustrated with the amount of negativity women still have about what is not right with the world Mm. and anger at the men holding them back. So I really wanted to change the dialogue from one of criticism and complaining to one of let's celebrate the progress women have made. Let's celebrate the men that are helping women. And by changing our thought process from criticism and complaining to one of celebration, we're going to see more progress more quickly. I agree. And for those of you listening, I appreciate what Sharon just did. Not only did she articulate her rationale for writing this text, but if you listen very closely, she really laid out a strategy for her process and how she wrote the book. I know that many of you are looking to write books or, or author things down the road, and you're like, I'm stuck. I don't know how to approach it. But Sharon had a very intentional process about how she laid this out. And so I appreciate you sharing that. So let's segue a little bit and talk about um, something that we always do with interviews on Branding for Believers, which is your commitment to belief. So I want you to take our listeners to a time during your success journey when you had to face a a fork in the road, where you had to face a crossroads. Um, Entrepreneurship is not an easy path. Brand building is not an easy path. So can you take us to a time where you had to exercise some real faith, uh, trust your gut, and take a risk? Several Um, There are several times in my career I could refer to, but I'll talk about um, many of your listeners, I'm sure, are aware of Rich Dad, Poor Dad and the Rich Dad family of books, which I um, built and owned and ran for 10 years, 15 books in that series. And it was in 2007 when I, you know, I realized that my partner and I were no longer aligned, and what uh, he wanted to do with the company was just not in incongruence with my personal mission. Mm-hmm. And so I had to make a very difficult decision. A tide of our success, millions of dollars coming in, and I was like, I, I had to take a stand for what was right for Sharon. And it was a very difficult thing to do from a. Um, confrontation perspective because initially it was amicable and then it turned out to be not so amicable and so I went through a year of year and a half of anger and litigation and it was something that's just not my you know not something I've ever been involved in but again it was my youngest son who said mom are you going to let somebody take advantage of you are you going to stand up is this the lesson you want to teach me and so I realized that I had to stand in my own power I had to stand for what was right and at the end I was rewarded but it was a very difficult 18 months and very you know because a lot of just a lot of hurtful things and untrue things and um, and sometimes you have to close one door in your life for other doors to open mm. and had I not taken that stand and, and walked away from the Rich Dad Company I wouldn't have gotten a call from President Bush and asked, who asked me to serve on the President's Advisory Council for Financial Literacy in which I served both President Bush and President Obama and had I not taken that stand and closed that door I wouldn't have gotten a call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation asking me to help reinvigorate the wisdom of Napoleon Hill 
So I ask your listeners, each and every one of them, is there a door you need to close? Sometimes it feels very difficult in the process, but I never question my decision. It was difficult, but I knew it was the right decision. You know what I love about that is the fact that you, a lot of our listeners, you know, have yet to make that first million or or yet to achieve that financial success. And I think that you painted a scenario where it can be very hard to walk away from that because sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we just go along to get along even though it's not in alignment with what our personal values and our our personal mission. And so what I appreciate is that you did prioritize your, your personal commitment. You know, you felt like you had to look Sharon in the eye and say, can I do this every day? Can I continue down this road and be okay with it? And you stood up for yourself and said, no, I can't. And, and fought for what you believe in. Well, that's right. But it wasn't overnight. I mean, I definitely struggled with it for a couple of years. And and then it allowed me to think about how, how best to extricate myself. So sometimes you have to put a plan in motion. But it's very important for each and every one of us to think about, again, your the faith. You know, sometimes you have to put it out there. I, I will tell you every day I quoted the Jabez dozens of times just to get me through and say, you know, God, I know this is the right thing for me to do, and it sure doesn't feel good right now, but um, I never questioned, even thought about going back because I felt so free, mm-hmm. and, and I felt truly supported in my decision internally. I knew that I had freed myself and that I was going on the right path. I love it. And actually, that is a great segue to um, the next question that I have for you, which is the confirmation of belief. I think you alluded to it, you know, a few moments ago. But when you do make a decision like that and, you know, there's all this fear and anxiety. And in your case, you said a lot of hurt and just, you know, consternation. When did you have that moment where you got your confirmation that this was the right thing to do. Like you're like, yes, I, I walked in the right direction and this is confirmation that this was the right decision for me to make. Well, I remember when I got the call from the white house, I was like in a panic mode because I was in <laughs> the middle, middle of litigation. And I thought, Oh my God, this litigation is going to blow my chance. And so I ended up, you know, I had to fill out all the paperwork and they do the big secret service background check and all that stuff. And then I have the quote unquote, the interview mm-hmm. with the head attorney for the white house. And I'm like, just so nervous, because I've been totally honest and open about everything. And I was so nervous about this conversation. And the guy says to me, oh, I'm not worried about that. There's all kinds of, you know, partnerships that break up. No problems. We know that you're the right person for us. And it was like, oh, such a relief. It was like I'd been worried about it for two weeks. And um, to know that sometimes, you know, there are things that happen in business and you have to take a stand. But to have that kind of support from the top levels of the government was um, was totally a gift. And I uh, I still remember that phone call like it was yesterday. Well, that's an awesome uh, confirmation, just just being validated in your choice. And that also builds confidence in yourself, you know, that that you don't have to follow the status quo or, you know, go with what's popular, you can actually kind of deviate from that script and write a a new script for yourself. Like you said, closing one door so that another one will open. 
There's also, I think, another lesson, Shante, and that is that, you know, you have to be totally honest. And sometimes people want to hide something from their past. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I always say, you know, it's better to just, like, put it out there. And um, everybody has skeletons. Everybody has issues in their past that they'd rather not talk about. But when you're looking at something at, at that level, you know, it's better to just say, here it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm showing up for duty with my all of my history, but I'm there. I'm ready to serve. I love it. And you actually uh, alluded to something a little bit earlier that I want to get into right now, which is your connection to belief. When you are starting out as an entrepreneur and it's not like you said, it's not an overnight process. Things don't just you don't put a seed in the ground and then it sprouts a harvest, you know, tomorrow. So during those moments where it was challenging and it was rough, where did you draw your source of inspiration? Where did you find the faith to keep going? And that's something that you talk actually quite a bit about in your book. There's a whole chapter on on faith. So where do you draw your faith to keep going? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I am. I believe that uh, that God has a greater plan for all of us. And Napoleon Hill said, "Out of every adversity, every failure comes a seed of an equal or greater benefit." Sometimes it takes us for a long a long time to figure out what that benefit is. Um, but I will tell you, I've been challenged many times in my career, and I just, I, you know, I, I put it out there. And when I was in the midst of, of my struggles, somebody gave me the book, The, the uh, Prayer of Jabez. And I will tell you, it's been my mantra. I say it every day many times. Mm. Um, and it's really, you know, putting it in God's hands, asking him to use you as an instrument. Are you familiar with The Prayer of Jabez? I am, and enlarging your territory. Yep, yep. And uh, and work through me. And it's like, you know, you just give it to him and say, please, you know, whatever you're whatever I can do, whatever I'm supposed to do and for your glory, please allow me to do it and give me the strength to be able to fulfill your mission and um, and be a, really to be an example and a testament to my faith in you. And it's been, you know, sometimes it's hard. Some, you know, you sit there, I will tell you, not something I normally share on interviews, but um, I lost my youngest son mm. two and a half, two and a half years ago. And it's, you know, it's something that I still have those questions, you know, what's what I, uh, why? But uh, I know he's in a better place and I know he's watching over me. But, you know, sometimes you have things in your life where you just you don't understand and you may never understand. But you've got you know, to turn your against your faith will only make things worse. And it's like, OK, you know, God, I'm here. Tell me what to do to help me get through this. And it's something that, um, you know, you can become a better support for other people when you survive something like that mm. and you know it's like you is there a greater plan whatever whatever i'm supposed to do tell me and help me get through it first of all thank you so much for sharing that i am sorry about the the loss of your son i'm a mom and so as soon as you said that like my heart just just cut and I think that that what you've just said is something that I think many listeners can relate to is that even while you're building these dreams and you have these lofty ambitions, life is still happening. And there are things that happen in life that will make you want to tap out on your assignment, you know, to just kind of, you know, write God a letter of resignation like, OK, it's been fun, but 
I'm, I'm done with this. And the fact that you held fast to your faith and said, I'm going to move forward in spite of, and it doesn't mean that it's, it's easier. It, there are some things that you don't get over. You just sometimes find a way to get through, but that is a really powerful piece to walk away with because the road to to success is not an easy one to walk. The title of of Sharon's book, Think and Grow Rich for Women, some of you might have approached this thinking like, okay, she's about to drop like all these money-making strategies. And I think Sharon can tell you that there's all kinds of ways to make money. However, the person that you are becoming while you're making that money, the person that you are, the things that you're challenged with while in pursuit of that dream is really where the rubber meets the road. Well, absolutely. I think, you know, what happens is, um, you know, my definition of success, many people think success depends on how much you have in your bank account. And I know a lot of people that have a lot of money in their bank account and they're not very happy Mm -hmm. and they don't consider themselves successful in life. So I think success is really how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. Um, Do you like who you see? Is it a reflection of, of someone that you want other people to follow? I mean, do you want other people seeing you as a role model? Are you living the kind of life that could be a role model for someone else? And if you are content with who you are and content in your own skin, then you are a success. And so it's very important that each and every one of us understand what it is to be us. You know, I I do something in my seminars, um, particularly with groups of women. I ask them to write one word descriptors of themselves. And, uh, you know, I'll ask them just, you know, who are you? And I'll have them stop and put their pen down. And then I'll say, how many of you wrote your own name? And they'll write wife, mother, entrepreneur, um, CPA, author, but they won't write their own name. Out of 100 women, maybe two will have written their own name. And that's because, particularly as women, we define ourselves through the eyes of others. Mm. We We define ourselves by the roles we play. And um, and this is something that is still very much an issue for me, and I still work on it every day. But I realize that I can be a better mother. I can be a better wife. I can be a better author. I can be a better um, entrepreneur if first I become a better Sharon. Mm. And so it's so important for each of us to realize that, you know, what happens is we spend our life taking care of everybody else. And then all of a sudden our health is in question because we have not put our health first. And it's something that I still work on. I'm still, you know, something that I, I still struggle with. But each and every one of us need to think about that. Are we taking care of the vessel that we are have been given the gift of? You know, I just got chills listening to that because I think that a lot of, of, of women listening. And man, there's a nugget in there for you, too. But but self-care definitely goes to the back burner. Um, I think that that. Women especially uh, tend to kind of draw inward and we'll say, you know, we'll just take it. We'll just deal with it. But we find ourselves eating our stress away or not making time to to exercise or to walk or just to create margin in our lives to just breathe. And I think that you hit the nail on the head that you can be a better all of those things when you are a better Sharon. So listeners, Take that to heart. I understand that you have dreams, goals, ambitions, and so forth, but you need to work on being a better you 
so that when you do show up for the people that you want to serve, everything is in alignment and that you're not sacrificing yourself for your dream. So Sharon, let's move to a call to believe. I often want to to charge my guest on the podcast with a call to action for the listeners. You know, so there are people that are are aspiring to be where you are that are trying to to walk their own path and and it's not easy. So for those people that are struggling right now with their faith to go forward and, you know, maybe abandon ship um because things are not happening at the rate they want them to happen, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are struggling to keep their dreams afloat? Well, I'd like to share the person, your personal success equation, which I um, shared in my first book with the Napoleon Hill Foundation called Three Feet from Gold. Mm-hmm. And it really is a form- formula that if you can analyze it in your own life, you'll, can, you'll be able to see maybe where you can um, secure your position and move forward more quickly. And it really is taking your passion and your talent and most of us stop there. We think that we have to do it ourselves. Our, you know, we've got to have our passion for what we want to do, and we've got the expertise to do it. But really, you know, that's just the beginning. That's called a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to be successful, you need to have the times A, which is times the right association, making sure you have the right people on your team. Surround yourself with people who are strong where you are weak. Have the right mentors. Have the right advisors. And then there's a times A, make sure you are taking action, positive action each and every day towards your goal. Sometimes we kind of get comfortable and we stop charging in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we almost went to press with that as the formula. But, you know, it's like, wait a minute, there's still an element that's missing. And that's a plus F. And that F is faith. Too many times that F is fear. And so it's like if you have faith in yourself, if you have faith that in what you're doing, if you have faith that it's needed and necessary, it's going to help energize you. Faith that people need to hear from you. You know, I, a lot of people say, well, I just I have such a hard time picking up and calling people. And I go, well, let's reframe that. Who is it that you are robbing of the chance to hear from you? You know, who is it that's on the other end waiting for your call who will benefit from what you have to offer? You have a responsibility to share what you offer. And by doing that, build that faith in yourself. Build your faith in the fact that you are a valuable piece of God's work and you are supposed to be doing exactly what you're doing and sharing it with the people who need it. Listeners, Sharon is preaching the gospel right now. That is a powerful piece. Her personal success equation, I will make sure to put that in the show notes as well as as links to her book because it is a it's an excellent read, which actually brings us to our belief in action. So besides your book and I think you mentioned the prayer of Jabez, is there any other book that you would recommend for people that need to be inspired in their journey? Well, absolutely. I would certainly tell them to read the original Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And then the book that I came out with in 2011 is a book that was hidden away for 73 years. Napoleon Hill wrote it intending it to be the sequel to Think and Grow Rich because when he released Think and Grow Rich in 1937, he was frustrated. He'd spent his life writing this book. And he said, even though people know what they're supposed to do to become successful, 
they don't do it. <laughs> right. You know, and he was so frustrated that he sat down and just a few months, he wrote this book called Outwitting the Devil. Mm. And in it, he said, you know, it's up to you. You can imagine whether you, you can think that I'm talking to the real devil or an imaginary devil. It doesn't really matter as long as you derive benefit from what I share. And in it, he talks about those self-sabotaging beliefs, those things that hold us back, the you know, seven types of fear that cripple us and keep us from having the success that we deserve. And his wife was afraid of the title and forbid it from being published. And so 75 years after he wrote it, I had the honor and the privilege of, of going through it, annotating it, and releasing it. Mm-hmm. And it is incredibly powerful. And the thing that when I was asked to step into the Napoleon Hill group, it was to revive the, the teachings of Napoleon Hill because many young people under the age of 40 had no clue who Napoleon Hill was. Right. And this one book, Outwitting the Devil, is reinvigorating us. Gen Y loves this book. And I'm so proud and honored because it is a little in your face, but it kind of kicks you in the tush about things that we do to ourselves to hold us back. And I really recommend it highly. And then to your your listeners, when you talk about the people out there that are thinking about wanting to write a book, I encourage them, just do it. I've got an event in September. If they want to come, you can check it out by looking at uh, you know, speakserveandsell.com. It's a two-day event. The first day is how you write a book. The second day is, is media training. Um, you know, There's a lot of people out there charging a lot of money to tell you how to write a book, and they've never had a bestseller themselves. So right. I, I finally decided to do one myself and, and you know, give it to you, the, the, the truth. <laughs> in a very affordable way. So check it out. We'd love to have you. No, I think that's fantastic. And that is the perfect book for this audience because Branding for Believers is all about overcoming the fear and using faith to fuel our dreams to move forward. So Sharon, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Um, any last thoughts about you know how people can learn more about you and support you? Oh, absolutely. SharonLector.com and it's L-E-C-H-T-E-R, SharonLector.com. I also have a podcast, Your Money, Your Business, Your Life. You can obviously find that on iTunes or you can go to SharonLectorPodcast.com. And I invite all of you to, to, to look more into our event. Again, it was SpeakServeAndSell.com and um, would love to have all of you there. Thank you so much, Sharon. Listeners, this has been another fantastic episode of Branding for Believers. Please do tweet your takeaways and your shout outs about this episode at Dr. Shante Says or at Branding for Believers on Instagram. You can also find me on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next time.